Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded tax day, 2023. I'm filing my taxes today. Been stalling for a little bit too long, but get it done. Use some software, punch in the numbers. Hopefully it comes out with a refund amount. That would be neat. That's most ideal. Last year I got a notice a few months after filing expecting a refund of just over a thousand. A notice from the IRS saying I still owe them a hundred and seventy dollars. So I'm preferring to not have to deal with that type of situation. Um, Especially knowing that the guy who was president at the time was a millionaire. Supposedly. At least, you know, certainly lived as one. You know, paid nothing in taxes and there wasn't even any sort of audit of it he, he said there was one but there wasn't you know yeah they like deliberately didn't do one they did a real f- kind of flimsy even half-assed attempt at an audit there was a lot of suspicious sources of revenues and a lot of suspicious deductions on that particular person's tax form an extremely affluent person in the limelight with immense power as well. However, the IRS, because its funding has been cut, instead has to focus on the small fish, the the low-hanging fruit. And so that's going to be a regular working-class person. They're going to find some sort of, ah, actually, wait, somehow, some way, you still owe us money. And there's not really a way to re- truly contest it, really, unless you hire a attorney. But how can you afford that? You're a regular person. Yeah, so I just went back to work and kept working. Been paying taxes throughout the year. So why do I need to write a check to the United States government for $170 when they've been taking money out of my check all year long? And then when I'm using appropriate IRS-accredited software and whatever says I get a refund and then they say no no you don't you don't get one it's a little frustrating you know it's a, it's a hard go in this place and uh, the two options were presented one just they, they offer nothing you know of substance economic policy that's gonna make things better one of the two options were presented their main platform is trickle-down economics. That's that's their all-in economic theory. Cut taxes for the wealthy and big, massive corporations, and that'll somehow have the most robust, positive impact on our society. Give more money to the people with the most money and that'll have the greatest impact. It's, it's wildly, you know, rejected. You know, the majority of the populace does not advocate for that type of ec- economic policy. Let's cut taxes for the wealthy, you know, millionaires and billionaires. Let's make sure they pay less in taxes. And let's get to that first and foremost. One of the two options were presented. That That is what they are about. Six years ago, they did that exact thing. They cut the tax rate for millionaires and billionaires. The people with the most money have even more money now. Even greater ownership stake in the entirety of the economy. Yeah. And that's, and that's what they do. In order to do that, they do have to do the, uh, the rhetoric... And that's where, like, the divide-and-conquer method has been extremely effective for them. You divide the working class into two, make it an us-against-them thing, America first and all this, but it, it's a very narrow specification on what it means to be an American. And the majority of folks living in the United States of America do not fall into that lane. I do not, you know. So I'm an excluded one of many that's excluded from the group. Even though I'm a white guy in in my 40s, I'm not in that lane. 
you know, I'm a cannabis user. I have leftist views, as if you will. You know, I believe hospitals should be a thing. So should schools. Yeah, we should have publicly funded hospitals and schools in this country. Yeah, but that, that the Republican Party, grand old party, is adamantly against such things. First and foremost, you must cut taxes for the people with the most money. The people with the most money must have more money. And they signed that into law in 2017. And they did it very proudly, vocally, and broadcast it to the world. It was a news story. It did make the news. It was a very public event. They called it the crowning achievement of their careers. It was an accomplishment for them. They are very excited, ecstatic, what have you, that the wealthiest people in America were going to be able to retain an even greater percentage of the monies coming to them. Coming to them mostly because they own stuff where people work at. Without the people working at those entities, those own entities are virtually worthless. They're just, you know, they have a certain value of because of the real estate and such, the buildings. But without any products being made or service being conducted, there is no business. You know, that's why some businesses like Amazon, owned by, uh, primarily owned by, an extremely wealthy person who is indeed one of those people who had his tax rate lowered back in 2017. Jeff Bezos, a billionaire with a B. Each one of the billions is 1,000 millions. And he has tens of billions of dollars. I forget what number it is. It doesn't really matter. Anything over a few hundred million is virtually infinite wealth. It's a, it's a level of wealth that you can make some very basic investments that can secure an upper affluent lifestyle within the United States of America in perpetuity and you never have to work another day in your life. And since very basic investments, they're called annuities. They are in a very modest rate of return, 4, 5, 6%, keeping up with inflation, maybe even beating it a bit. You invest a portion of the few hundred million, that's a few hundred, not even a billion yet. You invest a small portion of the few hundred million into some kind of annuity that can pay you X amount per month, forever. The X amount can be quite substantial in the hundreds of thousands. Donald John Trump is one of those particular human beings living in this country that was born into that particular rung, where certain things are guaranteed for you in perpetuity, a certain very comfortable lifestyle that's very easy for you to maintain because so much money is coming to you as a birthright every single month. These are very easy investments to make. Consult your wealth advisor if you have any questions about these types of investments. Obviously, though, you would need to consult your wealth advisor only if you are wealthy. That means you have millions of dollars of liquid assets to be able to invest or other types of capital assets that you can sell off and such to get into those types of investments that, yes, can pay you a monthly allowance in perpetuity of several hundred thousand dollars a month forever. Your job would be to do nothing. That specific group of people are the ones that got a tax cut in 2017. Why did they need one? Why did people like Donald John Trump need a tax cut? He's a millionaire. How can a person, simply because they're inept and stupid and bad at running a business time and time again, while still living a millionaire life, get away with paying nothing ever in taxes? He's still living as a millionaire. The businesses that he creates that fail, they cause damage. The, you know, the, some of his publicity stunts have caused real damage to people's, you know. I'm sure his ad in the New York Times Post, whatever, in 89, demanding the death penalty brought back, I'm sure it had a certain sway on public opinion and how the jurors ruled in that particular case. You know, certain, it has a certain weight on our society that we've been carrying around for quite a while, but um, 2017, the Republican Party, including Donald John Trump himself, just made the weight even more. The, the amount of sort of deductible losses and such that wealthy can claim, you know, reducing the capital gains tax and stuff, 
no corporate minimum tax, no marginal tax, no wealth tax, nothing to let's do something about these outliers. What's what's a level of wealth that's absurd and ridiculous to the average person? Just say a number. Let's start. Let's start getting a kind of an average of what that number is for the vast majority of folks. It's going to be probably several hundred million. Some folks maybe even say a billion or something. Some folks might even go as low as a million. But whatever it is, we gotta we gotta come up with like okay, yeah, anything over that, the tax rate's going to be quite a bit higher over that because you already made it. It's virtually infinite wealth. You can make some very basic secure investments and secure an extremely comfortable life in perpetuity and you never have to do anything ever again. You know, That's an extreme level of power that you've already achieved at the kind of lower ends, if you will, of the top 2%. But that is the specific group that got a tax cut in 2017. Tax reform is the, is the euphemism euphemism they use for that action tax reform lower taxes it's lower taxes for the wealthiest and that ist part is essential because there's a lot of people in the 98 percent there's many people making that six digit income you know really grinding getting after it day after day you know busting at 70 80 90 hours a week white collar blue collar you name it whatever yeah they're not in the marginal tax group you know, you're making three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. You're really busting it. You know, came from modest beginnings. You're really, quote unquote, self-made. You know, earned a degree, did well, jumped into a career, and just yeah, been busting it year after year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The marginal tax rate would be for people earning over ten million dollars in a year. So as as much as well as you're doing in that really busting it, getting after it group. Yeah, the people that just own the economy, they make substantially more money than you do and they don't have to do shit it it's just a birthright and they can spend the money as freely as they want and sometimes they can even spend money under a certain shell and then write it off on their taxes even though it's really just spending money for their personal lifestyle yeah it's um there's a lot of advantages to being wealthy and when you have government officials bending over backwards to make your life even easier than it already is, uh, it, it certainly puts our society in quite the pickle. Because we are still to this day being presented two options. You know, there's that one. The one that six years ago cut taxes for the wealthy and big massive corporations. Signed into law by one Donald John Trump. President Donald John Trump. That... that 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 statement in and of itself is bizarre and crazy. For I would say, I would think most people around my age was born in the tail end of the analog age, if you will. My entire life, there was childhood. There was no cell phone in my life. Some important people would have pagers, you know. Step that had a pager. So you have to be paged into the office or you know to to the base do some electric work or something that was the uh your important kind of thing most people didn't have cell phones though I mean, this was yeah real clunky it was purely just the phone definitely no social media just the beginnings of dial-up internet but that particular person character in pop culture he was around throughout my childhood and he was you know never known for anything good he's just this sort of nefarious character that you know, get to hear about on the news from time to time. The latest ongoings of Trump, bankrupt again, saying something stupid again, while being really racist and vulgar here, demanding the death penalty be brought back. Five teenagers are accused of a crime, and he's immediately wanting them to be sentenced to death. They haven't even started the trial yet. He's already paying to spread his message of hatred. That's what he was famous for. I mean, I was nine years old. It certainly had an impression on me, you know. Those teenagers being accused of crime, they weren't much older than me. And they certainly looked like friends of mine, teammates of mine, you know. That's from a military town. There's lots of different types of people in military town. And here's this powerful, wealthy, white guy of privilege demanding that these young children accused of a crime be executed. Before they're even charged, you know, convicted of anything, you know. 
Later, they're exonerated. They didn't do it. Donald John Trump's post, though, certainly had some sway in public opinion. Maybe some jurors that were on that initial trial were able to say otherwise, but, yep. So that's what he was famous for, and then, you know, Art of the Deal came out, and he's the subject of that book. No, he didn't write it, because he doesn't read or write books. We, we, that, how is that not clear? Tony Schwartz wrote the book, and Donald John Trump is the subject of it. He doesn't read or write books. He's barely literate. We all know that. We've seen it on full public display too often. You know, it's kind of elephant in the room. But early 2000s, after a few short years after his sixth bankruptcy, he became a game show host. The show became a, a, a decent hit. Not the biggest or anything, but a decent hit. He was the host. He got to play a, a certain version of himself. The character Donald John Trump, a successful businessman. The real Donald Trump was not that. A, a pretty corrupt, famously kind of bad businessman. Really bad at it. Colossally bad. Clownishly, cartoonishly bad. Later it's learned that, yeah, in the height of his fame, he was literally the worst businessman in all of America. He lost more money than anybody. So the opposite of the best. You know, like... And that story went on for decades. But the game show thing... I guess certain people, that's how they became aware of him. For me, it was this annoying, like, why is this guy being rewarded for being a dumb shit? You know, for being a failure. He, he didn't have anything new going on, but now he's on TV again. Yay. You, you know, he already has a birthright that allows him to live a lavish life. You know, it's the story of, oh, he's bankrupt. But no, that's just the entities that he owns. He can just move stuff around and various... The trust fund created for him as a kid, I'm sure... Was if you know, as long as he, I'm sure there's certain aspects of the trust fund that he's not allowed to touch. I'm sure there's certain provisions that make it very difficult for him to access certain types of the monies that he are in his name or whatever. Knowing that, you know, he would he would fuck it up. You know, he, that's the only way he can maintain his life of affluence is if he doesn't have control over certain aspects of the monies that comes to him that props up his affluent life. Because he himself is inept and incompetent and can't really do much of anything. And that's been kind of the elephant in the room story all along. That was the news story, but it kind of morphed into this sort of The Apprentice TV show with people's perception of him from news and stuff. It, it, got, it was very strange, the rise of Trump or the, you know, the, the reascent or the, the comeback, as it were, whatever, you know. He's, he's back. Why? <laughs> but he was back. He was, he was back in the limelight, back in the mainstream. He was now getting a paid salary from a major network to be the host of a TV show. Became a, a decent hit. Stayed on for several years. And then in... Uh, Leading up to the 2008 election, that's when Donald Trump started in on the birtherism thing. Kind of a continuation of the story of Trump. Started way back in the 70s with uh, him and his father being sued by the United States government for violation of the Civil Rights Act. They were uh, segregating potential tenants to certain areas based off of their race. That's called racism. Then there's the incident in 89 with the Central Park Five. There's various comments throughout the years that he made in public and stuff. You know, his, his ad in the New York Post or whatever, he paid for that. That was his, like, advocating a message. Execute people accused of a crime because of what they look like. Yeah. And then his message throughout his campaign of you know, if someone is suspected of a crime, rough them up, beat them up, you know, they're a thug, you know, blatantly transparent racist tropes and shit, but yep, because he was famous again and the host of a TV show, because his uh, stupid shit that he was saying about Barack Obama, blatantly racist, dumb shit, it was somehow deemed newsworthy beyond just like access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight thing 
for some reason he was considered news that he was saying racist stuff because he was now back to being famous again. And so news would cover him. And, you know, just in some cases, just put a mic in front of his face and interview him as if, you know, had a legitimate kind of thing. But, yeah. It was, uh, it sucked, you know, because that, that's, you know, that period of time was just kind of annoying enough when he was sort of gaining relevance as, like, some sort of ideology, you know, the the belief that because someone looks a certain skin color, it means they're not a true American. Ugh. Ugh. But it gained popularity, and then uh, the Republican Party eventually kind of allowed that element in. They saw a certain, you know, getting some more votes possibly, I guess, or, or something. They saw the crowds at the Trump rallies were like, ooh, huh. And Trump is definitely going to sign a tax bill that will cut taxes for the wealthy. He's all about trying to get out of paying taxes. So I think they just kind of went with it. They're mainly about cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations in most recent years and ballooning the size of the deficit. And then cutting funding to programs that benefit the working class. If ever there was a guy that would be gleefully about that, it's certainly Donald John Trump. Now, of course, his rhetoric during his campaign didn't have anything to do with cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations. But Donald John Trump is a famous con man. So that was kind of the con the whole time. Tell people whatever the fuck they want to hear. And in that case, it was promise them a wall in the middle of the desert, because Latinos, you know, oh my God, there's humans here, and they speak Spanish. Oh my God, you know, and they don't have paperwork yet, so build a wall, and you get people to chant it, and then once you're in office, in short order, cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Obviously, you don't build the wall, because that's extremely expensive, a colossal waste of money, and generates zero revenue. And you're really only promising it because some people, for whatever reason, are scared of humans who are from different parts of planet Earth, besides the United States of America. And for some reason, some humans are very scared of other humans who have different skin tones than them. It's very strange. I've never quite understood it, but I've also kind of spoiled because I grew up in a military town where it's just all kinds of different people, you know, and so, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get that really true small town mindset. It was a small town, but it was just all kinds of different people and some small towns and some areas are just not like that and people, so they just don't get a wide perspective or something I don't. I don't really quite know what it is, where that true fear comes from, but it's a fear that can be stoked and manipulated and um, add gas to it in some cases. And the Republican Party certainly did that by not only nominating and sticking with Trump, but then kind of allowing him to still become the president even though he finished in second place. People vote. He finishes in second. Then 30 days later, a group of voters in each respective state vote. And after the results of that, that's when it becomes official that Donald John Trump, the guy who 30 days earlier finished in second place in the vote of the people, is going to become the president of the United States of America because it's the Republican Party's turn to win. And there's only two organizations that represent our interests in this country. Yes, one of the organizations that represents our interest is primarily focused on the interest of the wealthy and big, massive corporations, but it's their turn to win. So, and yeah, they picked a clown show guy who was famous for being a con man and was a D-list celebrity throughout several decades, and at the time that they picked him, he was a game show host who was saying racist stuff, and his entire campaign was based off of violence, advocating violence and corruption, 
and locking up political opponents in jail because they sent emails from a private server. It was quite a clusterfuck, you know. Most people did not like it. Most people did not dig it. Most people were not supportive and advocate and enthusiastically for that sort of thing because they knew, you know, without any equivocating, that it was in a very different direction than a democratic society should be going. What he was advocating for, what he represented, was not democracy. You know, freedom for all and such. He was he was advocating for something very different. He made it clear, you know, he's a very dumb guy with a very short attention span, but nonetheless, he made it pretty clear and kind of, you know, he, I mean, he, he admired Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un. These are the leaders he aspired to be. And the Republican Party is the organization that picked that guy and stuck with him for many years, allowed him to abuse his power and said, it's okay, and we're going to pick him again. And then we're going to stick with him as he continues to abuse his power. You know, we're just going to say, yeah, this guy's cool. To the point now where it's, you know, it is kind of farcical. It, it, it's comedians are expressing certain concern over how to truly make fun of it because it's it, it's so absurd and ridiculous. You know what one of the two organizations is, what what their members do, what the people that are the biggest supporters of their message say in public when the microphone is in front of their face and they're asked kind of basic questions about why they support Trump or whatever, and the things they say. It's a whoa. It's aired nationally. It's uh, fascinating, but you know, a bit bit disturbing. Uh, the, the Trump message is it's not a good one. It's not one of hope and prosperity for all or anything like by that nature. It's very what's mon. It's very much a message of uh, hatred and violence. And corruption, and it very much was that in action. And we're so many years into it, and it's you know we're in the slow final culmination of all these years of it. It's like what to do with it. It's the the beginnings of the aftermath of it. It's an era of U.S. history now, the Trump era, the rise of Trumpism, and hopefully the dissipation of it. it, it it's sort of withering away as its dear leader it finally faces some consequences for his decades of harm to the public. A known nefarious character, but that for whatever reason was picked by a major political organization. One of the two options were presented. Now when you vote on the ballot, you'll notice that there's a whole list of names it, it seems to be that 2016 should have been a, a prime year for major media new, networks, news nations. Given that, one of the traditional options is mailing it in. They, they picked Donald John Trump of all the people. So, all right, what are the libertarians doing? What are the constitutionalists doing as far as the conservative side? You know. It, it's no longer clearly a two-horse, but they had to present it that way. That's what's tradition. It's a two-horse race, bipartisanship, one or the other. But one of them picked Donald Trump. He's a game show host at the time. He's saying really racist, dumb stuff. Kind of the same old character he's always been. But the game show presents him as a successful business guy, even though you know, he, was, he was famous for bankrupting companies, it was a TV show. A major political organization deciding to pick that guy doesn't mean he's now legitimate. All the corrupt activities he's engaged in over the last several decades are now just washed clean and it's all just an exemplary record. But that's what they attempted to do by picking him. And then there's this term like never Trump and stuff. Like, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a never-Trumper. Why would I support Donald John Trump? I'm a working-class person that used to watch the news in the 80s and 90s. I was aware of the guy. 
Well, he wasn't always in, like, real news news. It was more like the pop culture tidbit stuff. But, yeah, anytime he bankrupted a company or cheating on his wives or made some sort of public appearance wearing a suit with that goofy smile, yeah, it would make the news. So we need more options. You know, the, the Republican Party has taken too, it, they, they've pushed it way too far. You know, they're representing certain elements, which an organization that exists has, has every right to, you know, represent whatever interest it wants to represent. But it presents itself as something different. It convinces regular people to vote for it. And then it, it doesn't, it's not really doing anything that benefits regular people. And it has no intent on doing any of that. It pretends to. It'll say stuff. They'll say its members will say things that get certain people really fired up and passionate for them. Some people, the majority, know though, and those things that they pass legislatively to get those people excited. Well, they're not. They're not actually even directly beneficial to those people. Case in point: the abortion ban. Certain medical procedures have now become a crime. To participate in in any way in certain parts of the country regardless of why the woman needs to get one uh, certain states Republican controlled states they have declared that that very specific medical procedure is now a crime in and of itself regardless of the reasons that the woman needs to get it now, there will be exceptions if you are wealthy and can afford legal counsel. Um, most likely government man is going to leave you alone. But if you're poor and in a minority, well, then, yeah, then they're going to go after you. Now, you are still innocent until proven guilty. Guilty of what? What's the punishment? It's a crime now in certain places. Um it's a medical procedure that exists that there is a necessity for some people disagree with so now it's a crime to get it it can't be enforced fully so it will by nature be selectively enforced you are still have a right to defend yourself um, will it be a fair amount of criminalizing past behavior in other words a woman has a procedure done government agents later find out and then she's now facing criminal consequences maybe even as she's already pregnant again but that previous one was aborted so very oppressive um, tramping on individual liberty kind of thing but it was able to convince a certain segment of the population to be enthusiastically supportive of the Republican Party. They did indeed have to eventually pass those kind of laws because they've been promising those laws to people for generations now. That they were going to make a medical procedure illegal and start putting certain women in jail because they needed to go to the doctor. And so there are many a human in this country that are gleefully skipping through the streets because women who are poor and minorities in certain parts of the country are now going to be going to jail because they needed to have a very particular medical procedure done. And and that's the organization that is the individual liberty small government, quote-unquote, party. Um, they're going to dictate to women what medical procedures they're allowed to have. Government man is going to be checking in on every single woman. Well, again, not every single woman, just poor women and women of color. Wealthy white women will be able to get that procedure if they need to without facing any criminal consequences. If they are facing them, they will be able to retain legal counsel to fight the charges. Yeah, because you are innocent until proven guilty. And again, guilty of what? What's the specific crime? What is the charge? What is the punishment? But, yeah, that's what certain states are kind of focused on because those states had to convince people to vote for them, and that's how they did. We're going to ban this medical procedure and start putting women in jail. That's what got people excited to vote for them.
No, the first thing they did after they got their power was they made sure that the wealthiest people in America, millionaires and billionaires, paid less in taxes. And Donald Trump was gleeful about signing that into law. Yeah, they celebrated, all of them. It made the news and everything. You can you can Google it. It's on YouTube. Republican Party celebrating back way, way, way back in 2017. Again, they ran a lot of stuff on banning abortion and building a wall in the desert. First order of business, though, let's make sure the wealthiest people in America, millionaires and billionaires, pay less in taxes. What happens over the next several years? The deficit balloons in size. Yeah. Republican Party deliberately and willfully said, let's bring in less money right off the bat before we do anything else. So let's start having less money come in. And that deficit will balloon to such a massive size that we're like, we need to cut entitlements. Investments in the working class, the people doing all the work, they need to have less money now. Right. And so that's what their policy is economically. Yeah. Now, the whole time, they're talking about transgender bathrooms, Democrats are socialists, Hillary Clinton sent emails, Trump, 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 Trump stuff. You know. Uh, but yeah, first order of business, though, in 2017, they celebrated it and everything was they cut taxes for the wealthy and big, massive corporations. And all the other stuff, all the rhetoric... Is just to get a certain segment of the population that is susceptible to conservative media to go along with them, to keep voting for them. Because there's only one other option, and those folks ain't going for that one. You know, can't go Democrat because, you know, they're, you know, socialists. Yeah. If you had publicly funded hospitals and schools, there would be no way you could possibly have businesses. Because, like, you know... Um, People would be healthy and educated. And so you couldn't possibly have capitalism still if there were hospitals and schools in our society. Um, or something. That's the Republican Party's argument, everybody. You can't publicly fund a hospital with highly trained medical staff to work it to take care of humans in the area when they get sick because, like, then everything would be publicly owned. There'd be no businesses at all. That is their argument. Like, everyone would make, all of a sudden, every single business would close. Um, everyone would have to make the exact same amount of money, because that's what socialism is. It's so strange, you know? Like, if basic human necessities were met in this society, we couldn't have capitalism anymore. Why? Why not? So if people get sick, they can go get cured and then go back to work, right? And doing whatever job they want to do. So maybe what job they're doing would be less dictated by, you know, cohesion between big massive money interests and the government. So maybe you would have more choice. Maybe, maybe it would be a truly more free market society, and that's kind of scary to the constituents, the true constituents of the Republican Party. They are the organization that represents the wealthy and powerful. In order to do that, they have to convince enough, not a majority, but a decent percentage spread out in just the right way of regular working class folk to vote for them. And again, that's where the rhetoric comes in. But it's also where some pretty dangerous action comes in, too, like making a medical procedure illegal. Certain women are going to go to jail now in certain parts of the country. And, yeah, sometimes it's even a woman gets raped, gets pregnant, immediately goes to the doctor to have a procedure done, and then law enforcement agents appear on the scene. Yeah, that's a pretty scary thing, pretty oppressive vindictive, cruel government man. That woman wants to go through with that. That's that's her choice to go through with it. You know, even though it might be at a risk of her health and such. The Republican Party is just the government man at its biggest, most meddling and most trampling on individual liberty. The Republican Party in its current form. 
They are not Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, and Dwight D. Eisenhower, three of my favorite presidents, all of whom are Republicans. Most people who know me think of me as just automatically being a Democrat because I speak out against the modern-day Republican Party. It's more like wishing that that organization was small government, individual liberty, fiscal conservatism, and based on humane, empathetic values, Christian values, if you will. Cure the sick, feed the hungry. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Uh, let's focus on the basics, huh? No, these, we need to grow GDP. Why? <laughs> What's, if, if GDP goes up 4.2%, what percent of that is divvied up amongst the people doing all the work that contributed to the GDP? Mm. Very marginal, if any. Most of it, the massive portion of that increase in GDP goes to the people who own the economy. And that's not just people who own a home. That's They're, they're, they're kind of in that group. No, it's people that have majority ownership stakes in big, massive companies. Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, they, they have their estate value went up. And that's what happened over the last several years. The wealthiest got wealthier. The wealth gap is even bigger. We haven't figured out what to do with outliers. You know, the, the jumps in estate values between the top 2% is astronomical. And the top 2% are exponentially more than the average person. Exponentially more than the upper ends of the average person, you know. The top 2% are way, way more than the person earning three, 400000 a year, you know. Donald John Trump had a trust fund that could easily have paid him three, four hundred thousand dollars a month in virtually tax-free income forever, with the type of money that he inherited that wasn't even a billion. You know, it's a very particular type of power that certain people in this country have that I don't think the average person in this country truly understands the level, the true gargantuan amount of wealth, and how easy it is to earn more of it. And how, how much action, how much effort, how much time and energy a, a organization spends protecting that very, very, very particular group. The upper, upper, upper echelons of the, of the wealthy and affluent in this country. That is who the Republican Party represented over the last several years. And they leaned into it. They're picking him and nominating of one Donald John Trump, the epitome of the sort of wealthy, affluent class aloof, corrupt, you know, a, a, a bad stereotype, you know, of inheriting wealth and then just really doing nothing of any good substance with it. Just, just abusing his power that he was born into. I mean, he was abusing his power bef certainly before he became the president. But the Republican Party said, yeah, that's the kind of guy we want. Because he's the kind of guy that will lie right to people's faces. Right as they're gleefully cheering his chance, he'll lie right to them. You know, promise and make them all kinds of promises. The wall, the banning of stuff, certain trade, whatever, whatever, all kinds of stuff. He's going to lock up Hillary Clinton a month or two into, the, into their uh, control. The wealthiest need to pay less in taxes. And then over the next several years, the deficit balloons in size. The wealthiest people in America increase their wealth. Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, they all have more money now. Greater power than they already did. They already had virtually infinite wealth. Now that number is even bigger. But it was already virtually infinite before they got a tax cut. But the Republican Party... That's what they spent their time doing. Republican Party's names like Lin Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Donald John Trump, of course. Even though he's no longer an elected official, he's just a private citizen facing criminal charges for a wide variety of different offenses, different cases pending. He's still very much, you know, a role in the organization. You know, so is Kevin McCarthy, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Jim Jordan. There's a, yikes, he uses his power as a congressman to be a certain type of defense counsel for one Donald John Trump, 
trying to attack the credibility of the prosecution that has a pretty overwhelming mountain of evidence against Trump. You know, there's no deals being made right now. <laughs> Trump is very arrogant and overconfident. Quite the ego on that guy. He pled not guilty. He didn't do a single thing wrong. Jim Jordan, the congressman, yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's going to go to New York and spend time talking about the Trump case, a state criminal matter. And he's a federal congressman. That's not what his job is. His job is to not be the defense counsel for Donald John Trump. Donald John Trump is a private citizen now facing a slew of charges for years of wrongdoing, and it's finally catching up to him. You know, the Republican Party can keep pretending like this wasn't known prior to them picking him just because a bunch of people didn't know. They can try to pretend like it wasn't historical fact that Donald John Trump already was a con man, that they acknowledged on the record that he abused his power as president, you know. That, and then they could pretend like they didn't say those things. You know, and they, again, they can also pretend like Donald John Trump wasn't a known con man prior to them picking him. Them picking him doesn't give him immunity. So, I'm very much hoping that more working class conservatives start looking for better options. I think libertarian is a bit much better choice if your main worries in life are a meddling government and, uh, I don't know, taxation or whatever. whatever I don't know. Love my conservative friends, but something I don't even I, I try to understand what, what what the fuck they're talking about when they get too into the like the anti-democrat thing. But it's like, well, you, you're voting Republican though. They cut taxes for wealthy corporations and then cut funding to you know public health care, education, infrastructure. So the wealthy get more wealthy. The wealthiest start having more money and more power. The people doing all the work, their quality of life goes down. It's called trickle-down economics. It's been tried out time and time and time and time and time again, and this is what happens every single time. It is, in its most recent years, its most extreme version of it, you know. And that is what what they are, you know. But it's like, well, that's that's the only two, though. So that's what you get, one or the other. So we got to get some others. <laughs> 300-plus million people in this country of the most diverse populace in the history of human civilization. You know, we've we got we to gotta broaden our horizons a bit. Uh, Republican Party has um, negated their duty to the Republic. Um, the, the leaders of that organization became more consumed with individual power and political pursuits and seem to have a completely lackadaisical indifference to the Republic and, and don't really seem to care too much about it as a whole. Kevin McCarthy wants to be Speaker of the House and that's it. That, that, that's, you know. What about the Republic, though? <laughs> what about preserving the Republic? He doesn't seem to give two shits about that, you know? Make sure the, the powerful stay powerful. That's his version of preserving the Republic. Well, I have a much different version, you know? Preserving the principles of our country. Yeah, preserve the Second Amendment. Yeah, fine. Keep it as written. written. Write it in stone. That's fine and dandy. Now, regarding a very specific product that's in a very broad product class, you know, there's a very specific, you know, specification on that very particular product. Very, very, very particular type within a wide product class product class. It's under a huge umbrella and it's trying to fall under this umbrella of Second Amendment thing, but it's it's not. It, it, it's outside that. It's it's sold under this broad umbrella. Of the, these are all Second Amendment things. And within that is a massive assortment of products within that. But one particular one that's been sold under that, guys, is not protected by it. It doesn't fall under it. It falls outside of it. Just like certain military weaponry is not available to civilian population you know you, you can't just go buy yourself your own fighter jet you know like no no they're, they're not they're not for you 
You got to join the military and learn how to be a fighter pilot if you want to, you know, fly a fighter jet. Maybe you want to get your pilot license, that's different. But to, yeah, to, to fly an F-14, you got to join the military. Okay? You know, so that, that's just what it is. And yes, those, those machines are made by for-profit companies, but they make they sell them exclusively to the United States government well, and sometimes other militaries in other countries too but you know they're only sold to militaries yeah so it does not fall under the second amendment your right to own an F14 just because you have enough money or whatever so so the same is true of other specific types of things that have been sold under that umbrella for many years oh this falls under second amendment oh no no that's that that specific one right there is not a second amendment one now you still got a crap ton of ones that do and that's great whatever you know um pro second amendment not a big gun person myself but pro second amendment don't i'm a individual liberty small government type you know so yeah i don't really like government man dictating to me how to live. Uh, I don't want government man dictating to women what medical procedures they're allowed to have. I don't want government man dictating to me what plants I can grow or sell or have in my possession. There's one particular plant I use on a daily basis and it helps me out quite a bit. Makes me feel better and helps me control my energy levels and stuff and I just find it very helpful. You know, it is listed as a schedule one drug though, this particular plant that I use on a daily basis. Republican Party is also an organization that supports the prohibition, and many many of their members still support. I shouldn't say all of, but you know, they have many high-ranking members within their organization that still support prohibition of that particular plant, and punishing severely those who are caught growing, selling, or just simply having it in their possession. Again, I use it every day that this plant because it helps me feel better. You know. But government man will, in certain parts of the country, I will face pretty, you know, a, a consequence of, of criminal consequence of some kind because I, I would have it in my possession. So I tend to try to avoid those parts of the country. And yep, they, they are, they tend to be, quote unquote, red states. The, we're the individual liberty, small government place, meaning, you know, if you're, if you're caught with a certain type of plant, going to face criminal consequences if your woman needing a certain medical procedure you're going to face criminal consequences if you seek it out so you're going to have to try to find a different way to go yeah you're, and it's also an area that um the wealthiest are probably doing really well because it's an area that supports lots of wealthy tax cuts so it's an area that probably has to get a lot of tax funding you know public funding public assistance to fund its basic infrastructure because it's not generating enough tax revenue to take care of itself. You know, that's always a, that's always an interesting one. You know, the places that keep voting to lower taxes to the lowest rate and then they have, then they rank like 47th in education and stuff. It's like, huh, go figure. Huh, yeah. And you, if you invest in the people, it, it pays dividends. Isn't that interesting? You know, if the citizens are allowed to get healed when they're sick and then get educated, well, then they're healthy and educated and feeling good and making smart, healthy, educated choices. Republican Party says no to that. What's most important is that the wealthiest get more money. They already have virtually infinite wealth, but they need more. Can't have marginal taxes an increase in your tax rate because you're making over $10 million in one year. Can't have your tax rate go up for that portion above the $10 million in one year. Once you get above $10 million, above $10 million, once you get above $10 million, your tax rate goes up for the portion above $10 million. Can't have that because that would be socialism. Holy shit. And they get away with it, though. A very exclusive, marginal, outlier tax. The exclusive members-only tax. That's a few thousand people that would pay it if somehow, some way, that's socialism. Yikes. It's embarrassing how stupid that fucking argument is, and but they got away with it for so many years. 
if the wealthiest, making an exorbitant amounts of money, exponentially more than everyone else, so by definition, not any sort of flat tax, whatever, everyone makes the same, like what, huh? You're over an exorbitant amount of money that's clearly and obviously a lot. It's not a cap on earnings. There is still no, there's no cap. You can still earn as much as you want. It's just the portion above 10 million. You'd have to pay a higher percentage tax on. You want your net after-tax income to be whatever? Well, then do some algebra. That's what algebra's for. Yeah, you know that you know a couple variables. Okay, anything over 10, you're going to have to pay 70% tax. Okay? You want your net income to be 40 million? Okay, it's just algebra. The first 10 million, you pay 6. Or your net income will be about 6.2 million in tax earnings. And then uh see so it would be to get 40, so 40 minus 6.2 do, try and do the math in my head. It's about 34 million is what you'd need to net over the 10. So to get to that, it's basically just 34 million uh, divided by 70%. Divided by 0.7. So that'd be uh, like two, 210. You'd have to earn like 210, I think. I'm doing my math right in my head. So, you know, whatever. Like, that's what soon some pro athletes are going to be earning, the top-level ones, and probably in certain salaries and stuff, because the, the people paying them are billionaires who don't have a salary cap, obviously. Their high-value employees have a salary cap. But, yeah, the billionaires don't. It's interesting. Anyway, I'm hoping for... Uh, a good robust year this year. I'm hoping for some uh, a more quicker, faster, more speedily, and of, of course peaceful dissipation of the Trump MAGA thing. Been going on long enough. It's re reached uh, heightened levels of absurdity and ridiculousness. You know, some of its strongest adherents to the Trumpism thing who are in Congress try to do that thing in congressional hearings and then they lose the right to vote to speak at their own hearing because they can't behave themselves and, and act with some sort of decorum yet trump at a campaign rally is one thing but once you're in and you're conducting yourself with parliamentary procedure within a congressional hearing and stuff it yeah there's that you, you need to behave a certain way. It, it's, it's it's not just yelling and screaming. The whole that's that's how the laws get passed. There's a certain way and structure in how the laws get passed and when you get to speak and how much time you're allotted and how you're able to address people that they're, you know, witnesses and such. But yeah, some of the real diehard Trump folk, uh, yeah, they're realizing that it's not a campaign. When you're in a congressional hearing, you know, you can't just say whatever the dumb shit you want. You, you, you'll end up losing the power that you're elected to have, at least for a day or two, or while certain proceedings are going on. And that's happened to Margie Taylor Greene. And Matt Gates was another one that also had a, kind of a calling out. He started quoting Chinese propaganda at a congressional hearing. And it was pointed out to them that that was his source. And he kind of, oh, duh, I've like, wow, man, quoting Chinese propaganda as your source. Wow. So, you know, hopefully it's just, we get, we just yearn to be better. You know, we aspire to be better. We can take start taking care of some basic stuffs. You know, our society will have, there's a lot of people in this society that aspire to be healed healers, you know, to, to work in the medical field, to, to be able to take care of humans and to heal them, you know, we generate, we have a capitalist society that generates lots of money and stuff, and there's people that do really, really, really well, you know, so there's plenty of money to pay for the cost of hospitals, you know, or medical staff work to heal people when they get sick, we have plenty of money to cover that kind of thing, so we, we should do that have hospitals where people go to get healed 
We know what costs of hospitals. Hospitals know what the costs are. What we're paying now is highly inflated costs because we have to pay the middleman known as the health insurance company. How that particular product continues to remain relevant in our society in the future it shouldn't really be the main center focus of the discussion. But that's, that's somehow what it became. What happens to this product? Are we still going to want it? Well, probably not. So, yeah, the company selling it is, you know, going to have to figure out a different product to sell to you. Because that product, health insurance, pay us a monthly fee and then we pay a portion of the health of your hospital bill. That product is not going to be as much in demand if you don't have to pay to go to a doctor. You know, that's part of your right as a citizen. If we, the citizens of the United States of America, say we now have the right to go to a doctor and then, you know, that's what we want and then we vote people in that do that, well, we can do that because it, it's a cost. It's simply a cost, that specific cost. It doesn't mean, you no, know, now we can't have business anymore and now everyone makes the same amount of money. What? Huh? No, 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 no. The hospital is a, it's a place where doctors work and nurses you know, when you see the paramedic driving around with the lights on, that's where they go because someone's got hurt or injured. And so they go to that place called the hospital. Do you know what that is? The hospital. It's where doctors and nurses work to heal people when they get sick. Yeah, we should have those. So we should, you know, make sure that they are funded correctly and have proper staffing so that when we get sick, we could go there and get healed. Yeah. That, that product, though, yeah, health insurance, yeah, it, it, it most likely decreases in demand. And so those companies selling that product are going to have to work that out, start selling other types of insurance like life insurance, term, whole, universal, variable universal life. There's also disability income and long-term care, which are kind of related to health insurance, but a little different. So, yeah, there's still plenty of products that the health ins that the insurance industry could sell to folks. Yeah. But why is that the main concern of government man? You, you know, how does this product remain relevant? One of many assortment of products that this industry sells. Why is that the concern? Yeah, it's a product that a company sells and because and it only exists because we don't fund hospitals directly. We just chose not to do that for whatever reason and just never changed it yet. We have bipartisan politics, so it's, you know, you got to find the middle ground. The Republican Party's position is no, amongst many of its members, no. It, it, it shouldn't be a, like a federal right, you know, it, no. And in the Democrats, there's a wide varying positions of like, how do you fund it and stuff like that. You know, what is the cost of hospitals in each respective area and number of people and that kind of thing? How many people? Don't we take a census? <laughs> when it comes to cost, it's cost. You know, X number of certain types of surgeons, X number, you know, uh, building is X square feet number x number of beds you know all that kind of stuff what what are the costs because everything we think about costs now with the health and industry it's it's highly inflated by the middleman health insurance the health insurance premium you know portion of every one of that goes to paid ceo millions of dollars a year you know so we can have hospitals where people can go to get cured when they're sick, and also schools that people can go to even beyond 12th grade universities, universities that you'd have to be accepted to and still and such still, but publicly funded universities that citizens could go to if they aspire to continue their education. See, there would be a higher percentage of the populace that's healthy and educated. What sort of businesses arise from that? Well, it's it's, it's wide open, yeah. Probably a wider assortment of small business. Yeah, probably less control of 
vast sections of the economy by just these big massive conglomerates possibly maybe who knows that might be wishful thinking a more diverse economy that's about as far removed from socialism as you could possibly get because right now we have socialism for the wealthy the republican party is a-okay with socialism for the wealthy including using the power of the government as defense counsel for the wealthy you know they've they engage in corrupt acts that are caught and some, it seems to be like oh, criminal. Well, Republican Congress f- feels, well, we got to defend that guy. That's what we're going to use our power to, to, to be the defense counsel for this wealthy, powerful person. be nice if uh, the interests of the Republic were more at heart. And we start being the uh, I don't know. More optimistic. Start getting in our own way. We can't be the United States of America. That's you know, right now. It's it's our name. It's the name of this place. But uh, I wouldn't say we really embody it. Like what is it that we're united on? You know. I'm not, sure, I'm not quite sure at the moment. But it'd be nice to be that uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah. It'd be nice if some people's perception of that wasn't the ability to trample on others. You know, like, don't tread on me. I won't, I'm not treading on you either. You're a good guy and you like guns and you really want that uh, only made for military style weapon. Well, you're going to have to participate in the writing of the legislation to make sure that it's only people like you that get it. And only people like you know how to write the legislation correctly. So, if it's really that important to you, that that specific product that does not really fall under the Second Amendment is still available to you, well then, you're going to have to participate more in the actual writing of the legislation for it. Because the easiest way, obviously, is to just to make that specific product just entirely not available to the market, similar to an F-14 not being available to the civilian population. It's a, it's a product designed and created and sold exclusively to military. That's it. You, you have to be a military personnel to be able to use it while in service, while in active duty. And so th- that's what its intent was for, but, you know, Military industrial complex is big and vast. The, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Republican, coined the term and warned of the dangers of it. You know, it, it is a cohesion of business interests, profit motivations, and, you know, quote-unquote, defending freedom, you know. So it gets a little blurry. So some of these entities making weaponry for military personnel, then they, you know, maybe they have excess or surplus or something, and then, hey, why don't we sell it to the public? That's not what it was supposed to be meant for. But anyway, I don't know. This country is a crazy place. Hopefully it's moving upward. I'm optimistic and a realist at the same time. Make sure you register the vote. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.